The reading today is from Hebrews chapter 2 verse 9 to chapter 3 verse 1. But we do see Jesus, who was made lower than the angels for a little while, now crowned with glory and honour because he suffered death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. In bringing many sons and daughters to glory, it was fitting that God, for whom and through whom everything exists, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through what he suffered. Both the one who makes people holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. He says, I will declare your name to my brothers and sisters. In the assembly, I will sing your praises. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, he says, here am I and the children God has given me. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death, he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is, the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. For surely it is not the angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. For this reason he had to be made like them, fully human, in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling Fix your thoughts on Jesus, whom we acknowledge as our Apostle and High Priest. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, good morning to you, especially to my brothers and sisters at Emmanuel Church and those watching with you. My name is Neil Apley. I'm the Associate Minister here at Christchurch. Uh, it's so good to be able to proclaim God's message to you today, uh, even though I can't be with you in person. It's been uh, wonderful, again, and this chance for us to partner together for the gospel for these two churches in this series over Advent. Now, please leave by your heads to pray. Father God, by your spirit working within us, convict us this morning of your great love for us, your children, as we marvel at the mystery of your son's incarnation. Amen. Well, this is our second sermon in our new Advent series, uh, where we're uh, using the Advent devotional, The Christmas We Didn't Expect by David Mathis, to accompany our teaching. Uh, spoiler alert, today's sermon is based on the theme of today's uh, reading from chapter 6 of the book, Jesus is Fully Human. We won't be covering the same material, but there will be some significant overlap. Uh, what God will be showing us today from his word is this. Jesus, 
fully shares in our humanity so that we might fully share in his family. Jesus fully shares in our humanity so that we might fully share in his family. So let's dive in. In the story of Pinocchio, a carpenter, Geppetto longs for a boy of his own. And so he lovingly carves one out of wood. Uh, but though he dresses his puppet up and uh, makes his eyes sparkle and makes the boy's cheeks rosy, deep down inside Geppetto knew that there was something missing. His puppet was not fully real and so couldn't give him the kind of fully uh, real experience of relationship that he longed for. Uh, perhaps you've had a similar kind of relationship. Uh, maybe it's not a puppet for you, uh, but maybe with an animal like a faithful dog or an affectionate cat. A great relationship, but there is something missing about it, isn't there? It's not fully there. It's not fully real. Uh, maybe you've had an online relationship uh, that no matter how many emails you exchange or how much you speak to the person on the phone or how long you spend with them on Zoom or other uh, sites, uh, you know that something's missing, the relationship isn't fully there, it's not fully real. It's a bit like watching our church services online. Sure, all the same stuff can be going on on the screen, the same words can be said, the same songs can be sung, but we know deep down inside that as much as we enjoy uh, watching church on the sofa in our pyjamas, there's something missing. It's not fully church, is it? I imagine all of us experiencing something of this hole in our relationships at the moment. Like something is missing, like we're not getting the full experience. And this matters, doesn't it? We can make do for a little while with virtual church and virtual relationships. And, and don't get me wrong, these technologies are super helpful and can be such a blessing, especially in times like this. But we know there is something missing. That as wonderful as they are, they're not fully there. And we all long for the real thing because, well, it's real. And this matters in our relationship to God as well, doesn't it? I mean, do we want a God up there who's distant and aloof and can't connect with us? Or do we want a God who is fully experiencing our full range of what it means to be a human. Isn't that the kind of God you want? This kind of God that I want? That's the God that we have in Jesus. In Hebrews chapter 2, the author is at pains to show us that Jesus was and is fully human. Chapter 2 verse 14, since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity. And verse 17, for this reason, he had to be made like them, fully human in every way. Jesus fully shares in our humanity. And what I want to do in the time we have remaining is to answer two questions. How does Jesus fully share in our humanity? And why did Jesus need to fully share in our humanity? And God will show us that his son, Jesus, fully shares in our humanity so that we might fully share in his family. So, first question, how does Jesus fully share in our humanity? At this point, if you're following the book, you'll find some really helpful pointers there. Firstly, Jesus fully shares in our humanity in his human body. 
Remember verse 14. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity. Jesus shares in our flesh and bloodness. Now, you might be thinking that the word flesh is significant, and it is. Remember John chapter 1, verse 14. The word became flesh. The word, that's Jesus, the very word of God, took on flesh, became incarnate. And in his body, Jesus experienced all the physical sensations that we have. The gospel writers chart Jesus' growth from an infant lying in a manger to a 12-year-old boy in the temple to a fully grown man. Jesus is fully real in his physical human body. He will learn to walk with his mum and dad beaming at him and cheering him on for every step. Jesus' speech would have been trained from garbles as a baby to, to fully form words. Jesus would have experienced puberty. Jesus would have had his hair cut. He would have had to, to wash the, the dirt and filth and grime of a day's work off his, the pores of his fully real skin. The gospel writers share with us Jesus becoming tired, becoming thirsty, becoming hungry, becoming physically weak. Jesus' uh, fully human hands felt the cold point of an iron nail at his crucifixion. And Jesus' fully real body was raised back to life to eat fish and sit with his friends before ascending to his father, to his throne in heaven. Jesus was not pretending to be human like a puppet. He was and is fully human. So Jesus shares in our humanity in his human body. And he also shares in his human emotions. Each of the gospel writers give us clear windows into the emotions Jesus experienced. He marvels. He was overwhelmed by sorrow in a kind of extreme depressive episode. He's deeply moved and troubled. In John chapter 11, Jesus outcries the professional mourners at the tomb of his beloved friend Lazarus. Jesus loved the rich young man in Mark's gospel. He's indignant with his disciples when they prevented children coming to him. He's consumed with zeal for, the God, for, uh, for God in the temple courts. He is compassionate. He expresses great joy. He's funny. Picture a plank of wood sticking out of your eye or imagine a camel, big and fat, uh, multi-humped, fully loaded with baggage and merchandise, looking at a, a minuscule eye of a needle and saying, I can't squeeze through there. I mean, it's just ridiculous, isn't it? He is merciful. And we see this in verse 17 of our passage. Jesus wasn't experiencing our emotions secondhand, like from a, from a manual. He is fully human. So Jesus fully shares in our humanity in his body and in his human emotions and in his human mind. The gospel tells us that Jesus increased in wisdom, that there was a certain things that he was kept from knowing. And here we move deeper into the mystery of Jesus' incarnation, that somehow, in some way, we won't fully understand on this side of eternity. Jesus was at the same time both fully God with omniscience and omnipresence and uh, 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 omnipotence. And also he was fully human with all the physical limitations of a human mind and body. Both are true that Jesus can be said to know all things and yet... Also, not to know certain things. Both are true. But we, with our own uh, finite human minds, are not able to fully grasp this whole truth. 
That's something that remains a mystery to us, and, and that's okay. Jesus wasn't pretending not to know certain things, to act like most of us who are not geniuses. But he had a genuinely finite human mind, like ours. He is fully human. So Jesus fully shares in our humanity in his body, in his human uh, mind, and in his human emotions. And finally, in his human will. Now there's much debate and theological wrestling over how this aspect of Jesus' humanity works out. Uh, and as we just said, with our finite human minds, we can't uh, expect to fully grasp these mysteries, on this side of eternity at least. But we do clearly see Jesus exercising a human will that is separate to his divine will. Jesus says in John chapter 6, I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And again, in the Garden of Gethsemane, as Jesus wrestled with himself to be obedient to the will of his father, he cries in Matthew chapter 26, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Jesus, along with his father and spirit, had planned the cross, resurrection and glorification before the creation of the world. One divine will united around one divine purpose. But remember, brothers and sisters, Jesus shares fully in our humanity. He lived a fully human life, body, emotions, mind and will. For 33 years or so, he knew the weaknesses of his body. He knew the torture of a Roman cross, having seen it. Although this part of our salvation was planned before time, it was Jesus, the God-man, who had to endure it. Jesus fully shares in our humanity. And isn't that a great comfort to you? When you are in physical pain and you can cry out to Jesus who genuinely experienced all the sensation of the human body, when you are in emotional distress, you can cry out to Jesus who genuinely experienced the full range of our human emotions. When you feel inadequate, you can cry out to Jesus who genuinely experienced the finitude of our human minds. When you agonise over trying to live the way that God wants you to, you can cry out to Jesus who genuinely wrestled to keep his human will in line with his heavenly will. Our God is not distant. He is fully human in every way. This is how Jesus fully shares in our humanity, body, emotions, mind and will. But why did Jesus need to fully share in our humanity? So that we might fully share in his family. And this is crucial for us to grasp. A big theme of this section is Jesus as our high priest and how it is his humanity that enables him to be the perfect high priest in verse 17. We see also that being fully human allows Jesus to make atonement or more accurately propitiation for the sins of the people, for our sins, verse 17 again. We have the defeat of the devil in verse 14. And with it, the liberation from the slavish fear of death we experience in verse 15. There is so much in these few verses, so much to give thanks and praise to God for. 
But one thing I'd like to focus on briefly is the glorious relationship with God that Jesus won for us only by being fully human. Did you catch how familial language is peppered throughout this section? Verse 10, sons and daughters. Verse 11, both are of the same family. Verse 11, 12 and chapter 3, verse 1, brothers and sisters. Verse 13, children. And again, verse 14, children. Verse 16, descendants. There's a lot we could say here, but essentially uh, the truth you need to grasp today is this. Jesus fully shares in our humanity so that we might fully share in his family. You see, millennia ago, God created his first fully human child, Adam. And God was in perfect relationship with Adam and his wife, Eve. But when Adam and Eve sinned, by obeying the words of the devil over the voice of God, that relationship was completely broken. And that brokenness has stretched to every single aspect of life in this world today. But by God himself being fully human in the person of his son, Jesus, Jesus was able to demonstrate full obedience to the voice of God. For every moment we disobey God. Let me show you what I mean uh, from verse 18. In verse 18 of our passage, the author writes this. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Jesus, staring down the road to the agony of the cross on the night before he died, had to genuinely prepare his fully human body with all its fully human emotions, mind and will for the brutality that lied ahead. So severe was his mental wrestling that blood vessels in his forehead ruptured and he sweat drops of blood. Jesus was tempted to walk in the other direction to the cross. That was a genuine temptation for him. It was a choice. Otherwise, it wouldn't have been such a wrestle. Earlier in his ministry, we see Jesus being tempted by the devil to test God. We see the devil using his family to tempt him to give up his ministry. We see the devil use Peter in an attempt to get Jesus to save himself. Time and time again, Jesus was tempted, genuinely tempted, to disobey the will and words of his father, just like you and I do over and over and over again. But where Adam failed, where you and I constantly fail, Jesus never failed, not even once. The author of this letter goes on to say in chapter 4, verse 15, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathise with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Adam, the first fully human, failed to be obedient to God. We fail to be obedient to God. But Jesus the fully human God-man never did. Brothers and sisters, it is Jesus's sinless, fully human life of perfect obedience to his father that means, meant that his death could make full and complete propitiation, atonement for the sins of the people. And all that we have to do to receive all the benefits Jesus has won for us is to repent and believe in him and in doing so, we are joined into the perfect, eternal relationship of the Father loving his Son. 
in the love of the Spirit. We can fully share in Jesus's family. And as a seal, a, a sign, a deposit of our heavenly future, God himself comes and lives inside of our fully human bodies with our weak and broken minds and emotions and wills in the person of his spirit. If you're a Christian, God himself is living inside of you right now, joining you spiritually with every other believer in history, all part of his family. Brothers and sisters, this is absolutely glorious. The incarnation of the Son of God as fully human is mind-blowingly glorious. And let me end on this one thought. When you believe in Jesus, when you recognise that you have failed to live the way that God calls you to and turn to Jesus who lived a perfect, fully human life in your place, do you know what Jesus says to you? Jesus says, verse 11, I am not ashamed to call you my brother and sister. Jesus is not ashamed to have you as part of his family, no matter what it is that you've done. He is not ashamed of you. You are now his brother or sister because of what he has done for you in your place. And he is not ashamed of you. And he has promised to never let go of you. That's a real full relationship without anything missing, realer than a puppet, realer than a pet, realer than a digital friendship, realer than digital church. That is God with us. And by his spirit, us with each other. So my brothers and sisters, fix your thoughts on Jesus, who fully shares in our humanity, that we might fully share in his family.